So the world is burning down. It's falling all around us. It's pretty awful. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Okay, not to bring this down, because uh-huh. we're going to, don't worry, we're going to lift you up. Oh, yeah. Because everybody's so sick of hearing about coronavirus. Yeah. But I got real sad today because I was like, shit's getting real. And, you know, we're still figuring out what the fuck's going to happen. But it made me so sad to think that, like, somebody we know is going to die from it. Well, hopefully not. No, somebody we know. We know a lot of people now. Maybe not, like, personally, but, like, we have a lot of listeners. One of our listeners is going to know somebody who's going to die from it. No. Yeah. No, not. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Some old person. So we probably already have somebody who died in a freaking nursing home, and they're like, that was my great aunt, Pappy. I don't know why her name was Pappy. <laughs> it could be great aunt Poppy, maybe, or that was my great Pappy. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but, like, it's going to happen. That's, I mean, it's it happens with, like, the flu and shit, too, and, like, other stuff, but just makes me sad that i mean maybe i don't think so there's only been like 11 deaths in the u.s okay i hope you're right as of like fucking yesterday or the day before (laughs) which is not yesterday or the day before when this comes out not at all you guys have no idea what day this is yeah don't worry it's only like two days before it comes out yeah (laughs) (laughs) actually i think there's like 40 deaths in the u.s Really? No, I don't know. I've read so many statistics and shit. I have no fucking clue what's going on. Don't come here for any kind of facts on coronavirus. I think they know that by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. You're making me feel a little better because I got like really down about it. I was like, oh, man, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's still pretty fucking shitty and people are going to get sick. Yeah. All but right. I don't I'll end it. Anybody... I won't be so m- morbid. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. This isn't a morbid podcast. <laughs> Anyway, so this is like a great segue into my goddamn because I have two of them this week. Ooh, give me one. I'll tell you the one that popped up today because we were just talking about coronavirus. My work officially instated this mandatory work from home call. That is A, shitty and B, awesome. I know. I agree with both of those sentiments. <laughs> I am probably the one human in this world who doesn't actually enjoy working from home as much as I probably should. Yeah. Because I like my setup at work and plus I'm a social butterfly. Oh, dear Lord. And so I enjoy chatting up, you know, the folk around me. Yeah. Um, But I'm actually really excited because I don't want coronavirus. <laughs> And I work at a pretty big company where, for sure, I probably already have coronavirus. Yeah, you're bringing that shit into my house. Listen, I'm trying not to lick anything. I've washed my hands a lot. and That's true. You know, if anyone's getting anyone sick here, it's you getting me sick because you got this, like, death rattle in your chest. I know. Still. I've had it for, like, fucking six months now. And, well, maybe not that long. But I've had it for a hot minute. And that's how I know it's not coronavirus. <laughs> fucking patient zero over here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, I'm not in Wuhan, so... Were you eating any bats? Uh, I don't... Well, I don't think so. Yeah, it's risky. It's risky. It's risky. Okay, and then my second goddamn, which was my real one, is that my youngest son, who is now eight months old... Goddamn, first of all. I can believe it. Yeah. He's eight months old, and he's got four little fucking teeth. He's got two on the top and two on the bottom. My little chipmunk. Little chompers. Yeah, he's got his little chompers. Well, I'm still breastfeeding, and he chomped the shit out of my nip. No! It hurt... So bad. Uh, I don't know what to do about it. You and fucking now, slap him. Not yeah. really. I'm kidding. Yeah. That's a joke. I've never wanted to punt a baby so hard in my life. Seriously, though. I did, like, squirm and, like, shove his face away. Because what else are you going to do? That shit's, like, a natural reaction. Yeah. But now my tit hurts real bad. Yeah, because you, like, ripped him off, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't do myself any favors. No. In my knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. And he laughed like a psycho. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's because you have quite possibly the happiest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> he is so happy. I love it. Every time I look at him, he's just like, <gasps> and then Hi. he like kicks his feet yeah. and he squeals like, fuck yeah, you're looking at me. Oh my God, he's so cute. I love it. And then also he was crawling towards me today. And you know how they like use their faces like a tripod to be like, this will help me get up. Yep. <laughs> like a sitting position. <laughs> he was doing that into my belly. And this motherfucker decided to just bite the shit out of my like sweet baby fat roll that I got going oh, from having no. a baby. Yeah. He like bit it really hard. And it took me a second to realize why it was hurting. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> And then he like pulled away because he's teething and he's like, fuck, that felt good. And he looked at me with a big old grin and I'm like, you just took a chunk out of me. (laughs) Like my baby's a zombie baby. Apparently. Jesus Christ. getting on them bath salts. Yeah. And then those little chompers are so sharp because they just cut through human skin to get out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh, those are rough. Brother. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) I've heard of moms like flicking their kid in the head when they bite their nip or whatever. And I'm like, I mean... I feel like my reaction is enough to scare him, but then he laughed, so maybe I'm wrong. So you have a tiny psychopath. Yes, I do. I have two of them. Well, (laughs) my goddamn. Yes. You know. Uh Uh-huh. I put in my two weeks She quit her job. She quit her job. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yay. Congratulations. Thanks. Only because you're going to bigger and better things. I am going to bigger and better things, and I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to be in goddamn corporate America. Yeah, you are, and you're going to get coronavirus. I might. Not from me now. Yeah. They, like, fucking highlighted in the offer of, like, hey, take this job, right? Yeah. The offer packet thing. They're like, it's business casual. Absolutely no flip-flops. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> Buy the days of the flippy floppies. Yeah. So now I'm wearing flip-flops every day to work, which is a little bit unfortunate because it's raining. So I'm like, mm, these are the days that I should be wearing my boots, but I'm trying to get the most out of these flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> it's the principle of the matter at this point. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm so pumped. Yeah, it's going to be an adjustment. Yeah. It will. But, but it'll, it'll be, be fun. so worth it. It'll be so fun. Hell yeah. It'll be nice. You're turning the page. Mm-hmm. Turn Moving on the page. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was there for a goddamn third of my life. Jesus now, Christ. Now I will no longer be. I like <laughs> how like two weeks ago your goddamn was that you were with your company for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, hmm, that's a long time. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Congrats. Thanks. I hope in another 10 years... We are both quitting our jobs and running a podcast full-time. Yeah, just doing this shit full-time. Maybe traveling around when it's coronavirus, you know, chills the fuck out. Yeah. And we're just zipping around the galaxy. Yeah. Talking about murder. Do some sweet live shows. Yeah. I'll just be on a lot of drugs or something. And For sure. Fucking calm my ass down. Why are you going to be on? Oh, to do the shows. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can you please not get an addiction in the midst <laughs> of our fame? <laughs> this, this is how we get a documentary made after us. It turned into a spiral. <laughs> the rise and demise of I said goddamn. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, actually. Yeah. One of us has to get a drug addiction now. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we can't take that title. Oh. It's the rise and demise of Steve-O. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, it's a great fucking documentary. I've watched it. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Pretty sure. That's the one where he's like huffing the nitrous oxide whatever shit. Yeah, and he's like, the fucking devil is yeah, coming out yeah. of me. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was forever ago. You know he's super sober now, right? Yeah. Good he's, for him. Yeah, he's doing really good. Great. I know man. him. We're on a first name basis. It's just Steve. The last thing. 
Mr. O, <laughs> can I have a word with you? <laughs> Last time I saw him was on like a roast with Mike Tyson and he let Mike Tyson punch his lights out or some shit like that. Really just punch him in the face. Or he ran towards Mike Tyson's fist because Mike Tyson was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I will shit. not be responsible for that. No, that's good. That's good on his part. You know, fucking lawyers and shit are probably like, God damn it. <laughs> okay, lady. Tell right. me a murder story. All right. Do we want to welcome everybody to episode 79? Crushed it. You just did. Mm-hmm. You know what did. All right. Well, on this episode, I'm going to tell you about the Easy Street murders. Easy Street? Yeah. All right. In 1977... Susan Barlett and Suzanne Armstrong. Mm, Susan and Suzanne. Yeah, you're going to have to keep up with me here because I did not stick with their last names. <laughs> I will try. Okay, they were lifelong best friends who had met in high school when they were just 14 years old. Oh my God, it's speaking of my soul. <laughs> this is us. <laughs> are we going to kill somebody or are we about to get murdered? You'll find out. I guess. These friends were roommates and they were living together at 147 Easy Street in Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Susan, she was a high school teacher, while Suzanne was a stay-at-home mom to her 16-month-year-old son. Nope. What? <laughs> that was too many, was too many things, too many... Denominations? Yeah, I don't know what you want to call those. Uh, I'm sorry, who was a stay-at-home mother to her 16-month-old son, Gregory. All right. So one of them worked and one of them didn't? Indeed. And they lived together? Yeah. So Susan worked, Suzanne didn't, and she had a baby who was 16 months. Okay. Is it weird or was she getting like child support? How's she paying rent? Is what I don't, I'm getting at here. I don't know. I was get Susan a-, a baby daddy? Was Susan a baby daddy? Yeah. Like her baby daddy? Yeah. Like- I don't know. But I mean, if you got knocked up and didn't have anywhere to live, I'd let you live with me and I'd cover your rent. Yeah. I mean, same Z's, but-, but I'd be like, do the fucking dishes like you're supposed to, woman. I might be like, yo, have you, like, looked for a job? Maybe a night job? Well, I mean, you don't know if that conversation took place. That's true. I really don't know much about their setup or getup, but. That's fair. The father of Suzanne's son was a Greek man that she had met while she was in Greece. I I think she was living there. And the two of them had fallen in love, and she got pregnant, and they tried to make the relationship work. But when the baby was three months old, they ended up breaking it off for one reason or another. Damn. And Suzanne moved back to Australia to live with Susan. So okay. that's why they lived together. I gotcha. Yeah. On January 10th, 1977, Susan had her brother and his girlfriend over to hang out at her house. And her brother was, like, helping her set up a speaker or some shit. It said hi-fi equipment, so I'm guessing speaker. Maybe a record player. I don't fucking know. You remember the Hi-Fi murders? I do. What kind of store was that? It was like like a Radio Shack. Oh. Like All electronics. Right. So he's just setting up some fucking electronics. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know for sure. God, is that sad? No. Like is Hi-Fi a specific kind of electronic? This is why I hate when we talk about it because everyone's going to yell at us. <laughs> remember, guys, we don't Google search in the middle we of We just pretend that we know. <laughs> God, they hate us. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Okay, so he was, her brother was like helping them set up a speaker or some shit. And then all of them watched TV and they hung out till about 10 p.m. And then Susan's brother and his girlfriend went home. Okay. The following day, Suzanne's boyfriend, she had a boyfriend here in Australia now. He was a fella by the name of Barry Woodard. A fella? A fella by the name of Barry Woodard. All right. Uh, he called the house to talk to Suzanne, but nobody answered. And at first, he wasn't that worried, 
but he tried again over the next few days and still no one answered. Ooh, that's weird. That's not good. So on January 12th, Barry and his brother, they decide to go over to Suzanne's house in person to check on her and see what's going on. Yeah. So This is the 70s? This is the 70s. Yeah, 77. Almost 80s. Yeah. All right. So he goes over and he knocks on the door and no one answers. So he starts like poking around the house and he gets to the back door and he tries the doorknob and he realizes that it's unlocked. Uh Uh-oh. So he opens the door and he calls out, but none of the girls answer. So he figures that they must be out and about and doing some shit shopping or whatever. And so he walks straight through to the kitchen and he leaves a note on the kitchen table with his name and number on it saying to give him a call. In case she forgot his number. Right? This is what's weird, too, is, like, he left the note in the third person. Like, call Barry when you get home, and then left his number. I would do that. I guess that isn't as weird now that I say it out loud. When yeah. I read it, all the all of the articles were like, and it was written in the third person. And I'm like, how creepy. But then right when I said it out loud, I'm like, eh, I would have said that. Yeah, I would be like, hey, call Aaron. Because you're not going to be like, call me when you get home. I would, and then sign it Stacy. I would do it that way, too. I mean, either way. Yeah. But I might be like, call Aaron. Deuces. <laughs> but I probably wouldn't give you my phone number because I'd be like, you got it. You, we're still dating, right? Maybe they were like freshly dating. I don't fucking know. Oh, maybe. He's like, did you forget? Or maybe he was just like, <laughs> maybe he was just like, anybody call me. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Suzanne. I just want to talk. Somebody in this house, please call me. <laughs> just want to see what's going on. <laughs> All right. So later that same day, Neighbors to Susan and Suzanne, they noticed that their new little puppy dog was roaming the neighborhood. Oh, no. Yeah. I guess they got, they fucking went in on a dog together. I'm not quite sure. But anyway. I mean, they're already going halves on a fucking kid. Might as well. (laughs) Yeah. So the neighbors catch the dog and they knock on Susan and Susan's doors. We'll call them the Sues. That's what was their nickname or whatever. All right. The Susies? Yeah. Well, the Sues. It was Sues because Susan, Suzanne, not Susie. There's never a Susie. It's Susan. Suzanne. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Who would like it be? Said- Suzine? <laughs> well, just Susie. Oh. You know. No, but they're always Susie. There. It's short for Suzanne. Okay. Or Susan. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. But their fucking nickname was the Suze. All, All right. right. <laughs> the Suze. Okay. The so the neighbor... <laughs> oh shit okay so the neighbors go and knock on the suzes doors (laughs) all of their doors (laughs) all of them tries them all so they knock on the door and no one answers obviously and so they leave a note that say like hey yo we found your dog come and get him when you're home we'll give the dog back yeah so the 13th rolls around and still no one had heard from either of the suzes and the neighbors still had the little pup so they decided to go back to the house and knock again because they're (gasps) like yo bro come get your fucking dog the Suze. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> what did you think I was saying? Like S-U-Z-E. You like th- oh. Suze. And I was like, that's weird. Oh. <laughs> like, why is that just like, that'd be like a nickname for Suzanne. Like, hey, Suze. Oh. I didn't get, you meant like Sue. Sue. Yeah. yeah. Sue. Oh, Suze. dear God. That's Everybody's why I was like, like do not say it. Sue again. Stop <laughs> saying that word. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is why we shouldn't record at night when we're tired. You're not wrong. And I'm fucking two beers deep. So. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I shouldn't have to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to get this podcast fund up high enough that we can Uber home drunk. Yep. And then everybody's going to be like, well, the podcast went to shit because they're both just <laughs> smashed all the time. They're both just laughing. God. Okay. So they go to the Sue's home. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. They knock on the door and they're like, hey, yo, we still have your puppy. Like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Why didn't you come get the dog? 
So they knock on the door and they don't get an answer, but they hear a faint sound of a baby crying. Oh no, no. I mean, yes, but no. And so they decide to go around back and try the back door. And when they do, they find that it's unlocked. And they open the door. And as they walk through the home, they find a horrific scene. No. The halls are covered in blood. (gasps) And one of the women was laying on the ground, like totally soaked in blood and obviously dead for some time. Mm. One of the neighbors runs straight to the baby's bed and like scoops him up and runs back to their home to call the cops. Yeah. So the baby was alive. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I should end end the agony here. The baby was unharmed. Okay. For the most part. Well, psychologically, probably not, but... Yeah, but I don't know how much they, like, hold on to at 16 months, right? I don't know. I keep teasing my husband that our kid's first memories is going to be, like, him getting into the shower or something. (laughs) Like, looking at daddy's brown brown star, (laughs) brown eye. What am I looking for? Brown eye starfish. Yeah, there you go. Chocolate starfish. There you go. That's what it is. Gross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, so the police arrive... And they determined that the body in the hallway was Susan's and she had been murdered in an apparent stabbing. Ugh. An autopsy actually revealed that she had been stabbed 55 fucking times. 55 times? Yes. Holy shit. It was bad. Like the hall was like really covered in blood. Oh, God. I saw a picture of it. It was covered in blood. All right. In one of the bedrooms, police find Suzanne and she had met a similar fate as her friend Susan. She was laying in the bedroom naked from the waist down covered in blood Uh, an autopsy determined that she was stabbed 29 times and that she had been raped oh god oh god yeah oh no bad which just for the record i was like searching for a case that didn't involve rape and somehow it still involved rape no every fucking case man people are fucking awful gross investigators determined that the intruder had actually entered the home through an unlocked window i'm not sure whose window or what window but that they came in through an unlocked window and the intruder had attacked Suzanne and she was the intended target. And mm-hmm. while Suzanne was being attacked, Susan heard the commotion. And so she went to go like help her friend or see what the fuck was going on. And that's when the murderer began attacking and stabbing Susan. Okay. I guess we don't know if it's more than one or two people because spoiler alert, the shit is unsolved still today. <gasps> but somebody was doing a lot of stabbing. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Isn't it terrible? God damn it. I was really hoping this one would be solved. I'm sorry like, for just blowing the beans on that one, but yeah. <laughs> I said blowing the beans. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Not even spilling them or spoiling them. No, just blowing them. Blow these fucking beans Maybe out they're really hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So police believe that the friends, the Sues, were murdered on the night of the 10th, which would mean that the baby had gone three days without food or water. Oh, baby. It was just sitting in the bed. The baby was severely dehydrated, but he made a full recovery, and he walked away unharmed. Mm -hmm. Police also found that the killer had stuck around for a bit after the murder because they found evidence in a back washroom. This is kind of confusing to me, and maybe this is like, you know, one of them Australian things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, the back washroom was almost like a garage in the back of the yard. Like, you had to walk across a little cement patio to get to the back washroom. That's weird. Yeah, it was super weird. But Is a washroom a bathroom, or is it, like, your laundry room? Ooh, that's a good question, because I I was going to say it's a bathroom, because this person, like, I'm pretty sure they showered, but I could be making a lot of assumptions. But people have showers in their garage. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> my grandma had one in her cellar yeah see i don't know i don't know the, i didn't see a picture of this washroom yeah but but you had like a laundry room outside in your last house i did but i didn't have a shower no 
but, but some I people did would have, have a, like the big sink. I was going to say I did have a sink. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, regardless, this person cleaned up in that room. Okay. Because <laughs> there was blood everywhere. And also in the front living room, a bloody towel was used and left on the couch. So the killer had been through the house after the murder. Gross. Gross. Obviously, police are looking for the murder weapon, and they don't find it at the crime scene. But a knife was discovered stashed at Victoria Park Railway Station and tested, and it proved to be the killer's weapon. Ooh. Interesting. Yes. This led police to believe that the killer had hopped on a train after they committed the murders. Yeah. And then they stashed their knife somewhere. I think it was like under a platform or some shit in hopes that no one would find it. Yeah. Additionally, in a nearby storm drain just a few blocks from the Easy Street home, a bloody washcloth was found, like stuffed in there. Ugh. So it's like the killer obviously cleaned up and was trying to hide some of the evidence, but left a bunch of shit behind. Despite all of this physical evidence that was at the scene, police have not been able to find the killer. Like I said, it's unsolved. Mm. But there's a shit ton of suspects and theories, and that's what I'm going to tell you about right now. All right. First, police obviously suspected Suzanne's Greek baby daddy, right? Yeah. Like the biological father of the baby. Mm-hmm. But he was ruled out because he w- had never actually traveled to Australia, and he was in Greece the whole time oh, all the shit went down. Yeah. So there's no way he could have done it. So the next suspect was obviously Barry Woodard, her current boyfriend. Yeah. Who, like, came in the house and left a note. Which, by the way, how do you enter a house, not notice any of that shit, and don't hear a baby crying? Maybe the baby was asleep at that time. I know, but, like, what are the fucking chances? My baby never sleeps. Like, That's What true. are the chances when somebody busts in the house calling for you that the baby isn't going to, like, whimper or something that you could hear it? Yeah. But he's also a dude. True. Very true. And maybe the baby was sleeping. Yeah. I don't or know. Or maybe dudes are just wired differently where they're not going to hear that shit. Also, there was a, like, map of the house that I saw very quickly, like, flash across the screen on one of, I was listening to kind of like a mini podcast on it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite get the full layout of the house, but I guess the way the house was, if you came in through the back, you could go to the kitchen and not see the hallway full of blood. I see. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, hallway is like right in the middle of the house. He probably ran through it to get to the kitchen from the back. So I'm like, how the fuck do you not see a dead body? Yeah, yeah. But I guess the shape of this house, it was like legit. You didn't, you couldn't see it. Hmm. Barry claims that he never actually went like that far into the house to see any of the shit. Yeah. And his brother, who had come that day also, he had stayed outside while Barry went inside. And his brother was able to back up Barry's story. Like he just went in really fast and then he came out and then we left. Yeah. Also, DNA testing cleared him of the of being the culprit. Do they have the killer's DNA? They have. Okay, so they have DNA. I probably write this later, but they have DNA recovered from the crime scene, and it's semen, and it was recovered from next to her body. It wasn't gross from her body. I don't know why. And I was speculating that maybe because while she was raped, maybe he didn't finish in her. Like maybe he finished beside her or some shit yeah and i don't know if it was post-mortem or what so maybe he was like they'll never find my dna over here <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah and maybe Ugh. it was like in a rag or something i have no idea Ew. okay so this ne- next suspect is like kind of a weird one evidently some anonymous man who i couldn't find the name of other than a quote salesman or quote susan's admirer mm-hmm. this dude Okay, this is, this fucking weirds me out so much. 
Okay. This guy admits to entering the home. Oh, during that time? Through Susan's window. What? In an attempt to get Susan's phone number. What? Yeah. He also said he didn't venture far enough to find the bodies. It was during this time that he says, like, yeah, when they were dead, I went in there. Those three days, I was in the house. Yeah, I went through the window. I was trying to get Susan's phone number, and he didn't venture far enough to find the dead bodies. Didn't the killer come in through Susan's? That's what they were saying is, like, the intruder came in through the window. But also the back door was unlocked, so maybe they just walked in from the back door. But they're saying that the intruder came in through the window. If they're saying the intruder came in through the window, it's probably because he did. And then he probably left through the back door. And that's yeah. why that would be unlocked. Yeah. But you'd see like, I don't know, shit disturbed on a desk under the window or whatever. Well, there like, was like this, I found one little comment that there was like dirt on the corner of one of the beds. I don't know if it was the bed with the window. Like maybe somebody stepped in mud and as yeah. they were climbing in or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But this whole crime scene has like a lot of evidence. Like you think you could test that dirt to determine where it came from. And you'd be like, there's a footprint or something, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. But also, this yeah. guy's admitting to being at the scene of the crime during probably at least after the murders were committed. Yeah. yeah. He's admitting to it. So That's fucking sketch. Super sketch. I don't know if he ever got her number, <laughs> but he was cleared by DNA evidence. They tested really? his DNA and they were like, you're not the suspected killer. You're just another fucking psychopath. Who the fuck does that? What did you think? She just wrote her number down somewhere on a piece of paper? Like, what the fuck was your plan? Like, to call your house from her number? And Do you have caller ID? Was that a thing in the 70s? I don't think so. I have so many questions. Maybe it was, like, on a bill, or he was thinking it would be, like, on a bill. Maybe. Another interesting suspect is a crime reporter by the name of John Grant. Mm-hmm. John was actually a suspect in the 1975 disappearance of Julie Graciely. Mm-hmm. Or Graciously. I don't know how the fuck you say her last name. All right. It's Graciously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crushed it. Nailed it. Evidently, one night, John and Julie and a few other friends of John were hanging out at Julie's apartment when she, like, stepped outside to make a phone call or some shit. She was using a phone booth. Ooh. But she never came back. And so allegedly the guys were just like, all right, later, and they left, and no one heard from Julie again. Mm-hmm. And Julie's sister goes to the apartment the next day, and she finds that shit was thrown about all over, and I guess her, like, underwear were chopped up all over the apartment, or they were thrown around. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It depends on what you read. Yeah. And some money and a knife were missing, along with a bloodstained cloth was found in the house mm-hmm. or in the apartment. So Julie has never actually been found, so her fate remains unknown. She was never found? Julie was never found. She just went and made a phone call and disappeared. And then when her sister went to the apartment, shit was astray, but no Julie. Jeez. She's never been found. But this John guy, he's a main suspect in Julie's disappearance. Because they're like, uh, you just let her leave? You were the last person to see her. He's also got some like weird fucking background shit. Yeah. Doing some shady shit. You're the last person to see her. All your friends were there. There's blood on this cloth. And you're just saying she just walked out and never came back. Mm -hmm. But they haven't been able to, like, catch him for anything, right? Yeah. So this John guy, he happened to actually be staying next door to the Sues on the night of the 10th when they were allegedly murdered. Mm -hmm. I think he was, like, partying with some friends or something and he got too drunk, so he stayed the night on their couch. But he, too, was cleared by the DNA evidence. And this was in 2010 that they tested his DNA. Ooh. He hasn't been cleared of Julie's case yet, but he got cleared of this one. Jeez. It's just bad fucking luck that follows him. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's doing some shady shit. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. 
And by the way, for the record, there is like a ton of information on all of these cases. Like this one little case. I shouldn't say one little case because two women got murdered. Yeah. But like this one case kind of like fingered off into all these crazy theories or like shady ass people who are connected. Literally, the police had eight suspects, eight prime suspects, and all of them were ruled out by the DNA evidence. Mm. And so now people are like, is that DNA? Is that DNA good, though? Like, why? What's going on here? Yeah. It makes me think of those, um, you know, like, I don't know, it stayed out in the sun and then the A dropped or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, right? Well, and then, like I said, it was collected next to her body, not on her body. So maybe that could potentially not be the killer. I don't know. Like, she just got dude semen on her bed. Well, maybe she was having sex with somebody and they blew a load in a towel. I don't know the circumstances that the jizz was found. I'm sure that they checked her, too, though. I'm sure also. But I don't think they got anything from it if they're testing this DNA from beside her. Yeah. Unless that's all that's left now. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So Gregory, the baby, he was adopted by Suzanne's sister, so his aunt, and was raised by her. In January 2007, a $1 million reward was offered to help solve the crime. So if you fucking know something, you could win a million (laughs) dollars. Oh, also, okay, so (laughs) there's this whole other side of the case, which is fucking mind-blowing. But when the murders took place, before the crime scene was cleaned up, I'm assuming after it was processed, though, police invited Tess Lawrence, who was a journalist, like a crime journalist or some shit, Mm -hmm. maybe just like a columnist, I don't know, but a journalist, into the house with the dead bodies and with the blood and everything to report on what she had seen. And the intent was that her article would like get the attention of the killer and play into his ego or something or maybe somebody who knew something they would take sympathy on and like report what the fuck they knew yeah so it's just like basically to get some attention so they let her go through the house and she writes about it uh she says that she could smell their blood like the moment she entered the home oh god and she walks through and she makes notes of all the shit she finds and she writes her article and a few days later she gets a strange phone call Mm mm-hmm It's from a man, and he starts to read her article and dissects it. And he's like, you know, going, oh, and then you found this. Huh, that's interesting. Did you notice this? And he starts to get, like, irritated at the things that she missed at the crime scene. And then he starts mentioning shit that, like, she left out and she saw, and only anybody who's been in that house would know that. What? And so he gets to this part. And he gets real irritated and he's like, you're not really observant because you didn't even mention what record was sitting in the record player. And she was like, I purposely left that information out. So we don't know what the record was in the record player, but it obviously had some sort of significance. Yeah. And only I'm assuming the police or the killer and this journalist know what that record was. Holy and shit. And he named the record by name on the phone. Like, why didn't you mention this this record? Oh, my God, I'd be so afraid to go to sleep. I'd be terrified. And then, especially then, like, those phone numbers were fucking linked to your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's that shit's a landline. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, Tess was totally aware of what record he was talking about. Um, She purposely left it out, and the phone call was creeping her out so fucking much. But she knew that she was, like, likely talking to the killer. So she tried to keep him on the phone for a bit. And so he described other things at the crime scene that she had purposely left out. And Tess just plays dumb, like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that. Oh, my gosh. Like, I wish you were at the crime scene with me. 
then I would have noticed all these things. Yeah. Like kind of befriending him. Mm-hmm. And it kind of works. Oh, and my he, God. And he like changes his tone. And so she's like, well, why don't we try to set up a time to meet up and talk about it? But then the killer said that he lived at the Victoria Barracks and he worked in Signals, but he wouldn't give his name or anything. And mm-hmm. then he like, and I don't know why that would mean that you can't meet up. Like, oh, I can't. I work at the Victoria Barracks. Maybe you're not allowed out. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So then he abruptly ends the phone call. And she said that it sounded like somebody walked into the room. And so he hung up. Oh. So she calls the police immediately. And she asks the police to trace the call. But there's no confirmation if the police ever did or whatever. Like, there's no. What? Like, the police never got back to her like, hey, thanks for that sick tip. They were just like, all right, we'll look into it. Oh, my God. She's like, but no, he knows details about the fucking inside of the house. Like, I just talked to the killer. Yeah. So, again, like I said, Tess never tells us what the record is because now I'm curious what the record in the player was. Of but course. she does confirm that it wasn't the Beatles' Helter Skelter because, you know, that was kind of big then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole shit. God the whole damn. Manson family thing. There was scrutiny over the investigative work, obviously. I guess none of the family members were actually interviewed and some of them were linked to a lot of the suspects like they worked together or they had gone to school together or something so they could have potentially offered some key details or leads. Yeah. And one of the family members said that she had to literally get an appointment to go to the police station to tell them her side of the story. The fuck? What the fuck, right? Also, evidently, on the kitchen table next to Barry's weird fucking third-person note that I guess isn't that weird, but whatever, (laughs) there were newspaper clippings from January 13th, which was the day that the girls were discovered and three days after they were murdered. But there hasn't been any confirmation on where those clippings came from or what the articles were about. Oh, that's fucking weird. So somebody was in that house long enough to leave some newspaper clippings. That supposedly wasn't Barry. Are wasn't you Barry that he didn't do that. Well, Barry wasn't there on the 13th. He was there oh, the next day. on the 12th. Yeah. So the only people who entered the house were the neighbors and they ran right in and grabbed the baby and left. <gasps> so the killer came back? That's so weird. Isn't it so weird? The case actually goes on. There's like a lot of like it takes a lot of turns if you can look into each suspect and it starts a whole other case. <laughs> like it's crazy. So I just skimmed the surface, but um, I almost didn't do it because there's a baby, yeah. but he lives. But I'm just like, like your one case about that baby on the farm that was like left there for a week or some shit. Yeah. And the grandpa had killed. Everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That shit fucked me up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But this baby was only left alone for three days. Not only, but still, you know what I mean. Yeah. Fuck, man. Give that million dollars to him. Right? My God, can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, awful. Terrible. Those poor Sues. I know. So we don't really know... What the fuck happened? God damn. God damn. Well, want to hear about another murder story? I certainly do. All right. Well, I am going to tell you about Mary Yoder. Okie doke. This takes place in Utica, New York. And Mary and her husband, Bill, were married for 37 years. Mary and Bill went to chiropractic school together. That's where they met. And eventually they opened a chiropractic office together called Chiropractic Family Care. Wow, they gonna make bank. Mm-hmm. And they had been in operation for about 28 years oh, at shit. this point. So they're doing real fucking well, right? By all accounts, they had a wonderful marriage and were even planning a trip together to Europe in 2015. Ooh, okay. Also, I should mention, they had three adult children together, Leanna, Tamarin, and Adam. Okie doke. Okay, now cut to July 21st, 2015. All right, I'm there. 
<laughs> Good to see you. While at work at the chiropractic office, Mary was having a normal day, just like every other day. She was seeing patients, and then she went to her mom's house for lunch. But her mom had already eaten, so she just went back to work, and she had her usual lunch, which consisted of a shake that she had mixed up at home with some, like, fucking, I don't know, powders and shit, right? Kale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beeswax and ginseng, whatever the fuck uh-huh. it is. Yeah, you know, powders uh-huh. and almond milk that she kept at those at the office. Ah, uh, arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never taste it coming. <laughs> It's cyanide, right? I fuck it up every time. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of them. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So then she saw some more patients after she had lunch. But by 4.30, she was starting to get a bit sick and she had to keep using the bathroom. Ooh, like the poopies or the pukies? Both. Oh, both ends. Yeah. Bad news. Ooh, that's not a good... That's the Egyptian. My coworker told me this. It's called the Egyptian. That's gross and hilarious. (laughs) Because you're... (laughs) Puking and pooping. <laughs> and you move your hands like, walk like an Egyptian. Yeah. Yeah. You got it? I had to like paint it for everybody else. Oh, they paint get the it. Picture. Yeah. They get it. They, they're, they, they're onto it. They saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so then by 6 p.m., she was finally able to go home. And when she was on the way home, she called her office manager, Caitlin Connolly, mm-hmm. who went by Katie. Okay. And she asked Katie to please water the plants and that she had never been in so much pain. Basically, oh, God. She's like, this fucking sucks, man. Sorry for deucing out, like bailing back there, but. Can you I've, make sure my plants get watered? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, can you take care of some shit? Because I do not feel good. Uh-huh. And so when Mary got home, she told her husband that she was having extreme abdominal pain. Oh. Diarrhea and nausea. And so he had her sleep on the couch. He was like, here's some Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. I'm not sure why he had her sleep on the couch or like Ugh. if it would be closer to the bathroom or well, if she didn't want to go upstairs or what. doesn't want shit in his bed. I mean, it could be that too. But then also like you take the couch, bro. Yeah. But like, like I feel like you could dispose of a couch so much easier than a mattress. They're both probably the same amount of money though. Yeah. So either which way, she slept on the couch, right? Uh-huh. But the next morning when Bill went down to check on Mary, he noticed that she looked way worse than she had the day before. Oh, no. She was super pale and the symptoms had only increased. Oh, poor Mary. And so he called his daughter, Leanna, who was actually a doctor, and he was like, yo, should we go to the doctor? (laughs) And she was like, fucking, yeah. (laughs) Take her to the ER. Uh That's not okay. Yeah. And so he did. And when they were in the hospital, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with Mary. Mm -hmm. They did x-rays and CT scans, and they checked her gallbladder. Mm -hmm. Fucking tests on tests. Couldn't figure out what was wrong. That sucks. Yeah. And so they assumed that it was just a regular GI infection, and she was admitted for observation. Okay. Well, Mary told Bill that she just wanted to sleep, and so he should go home. So Bill went home at about 9 p.m. while Mary stayed the night at the hospital. Mm -hmm. This poor woman. I know. At about 5 a.m., Bill was woken up by police banging on his door saying that Mary was getting worse. Oh, no. I didn't know that police would come. Well, I guess the police had gone to him because they had tried to call his cell and his landline, but he hadn't answered because he didn't keep his phone by the bed. It was in another room, and I don't know if he didn't hear the landline Hmm. or what. But That's crazy. I didn't know that they would, like, send the cops out, though. I I mean, maybe if it's like, dude, she's about to die. Yeah. Like, she was not doing well. Oh. 
So Bill and all three kids went to the hospital, and Mary's condition declined until she started having heart attacks. Oh, God. And she had seven heart attacks that she survived. Holy shit. And then the eighth one killed her. Oh, my God, this poor woman. She died on July 22nd, 2015 at 60 years old. Damn. Yeah. Jesus Christ, right? Oh, my God. That sounds (sighs) miserable. Yeah. What a fucking way to go. So since she had died in the hospital and they didn't know what technically it was from, I guess it's routine to do an autopsy. So Mm -hmm. they did that. Yeah. And a month after her death, Mary's cause of death was ruled as colchicine toxicity. What's that? Colchicine is a medicine that's used to treat gout in like super small doses. Oh. But if you don't have gout, super small doses can kill you. Really? Yeah. What? I have no fucking idea. Hey, listen, I saw a commercial on gout once and it's uric acid buildup in your joints. Yeah, I thought I had gout once. (laughs) (laughs) But like, why would it kill you if you don't have gout? I have no idea. It shoots a base at the acid and you become too basic and you die? Yeah, it's way (laughs) too basic. Must be what happens. (laughs) Oh, the pumpkin spice is getting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who knows fucking pharmaceuticals is like vomiting right now like, yeah oh my god make it stop it's not at all how it works <laughs> listen we're here for the facts yes so the coroner was trying to figure out how she may have ingested the the toxin because they did find out that she had ingested it oh okay and mary's sister actually called the police to be like yo just so you know this sounds like it might be some kind of foul play Ooh. and so the police are like You got it, dude. We're on it. Yeah. Let me do my job. Yeah. I'm going to look right into that. (laughs) And so they opened a case on it. Because before that, there wasn't one. They're like, oh. Yeah. She's she's just sick. Yeah. yeah, Was sick. Had some heart attacks. Who knows, right? Yeah. So the police immediately suspect the husband. Obviously. Yeah. Fucking (laughs) duh. But also because Bill started dating someone (gasps) four months after Mary died. Dick. You can't do that. Even the kids thought it was a little bit weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can, but you can't. You can, but it's rough. (laughs) But we're all going to judge you and think you did it. Kind of. Yeah. Well, even weirder is that his new girlfriend was actually Mary's sister. (gasps) Stop it. Yeah. Wait, the one who reported that it might be foul play? No, a different one. one. She has like fucking 17 sisters. Oh, Lord. Not really that many. What? She has a lot of sisters. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. So Bill was super cooperative with the police and he surrendered all of his electronics and he gave his DNA samples like he did fucking everything he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And police took his computers and his phone and the computer from the chiropractic office and they combed everything for any evidence of purchasing colchicine, mm-hmm. but they didn't find anything. Okay. And so just to kind of touch on his relationship with the new girlfriend slash Mary's sister, Mm -hmm. he said that it was because this sister had been through that same loss. She had lost her husband. And so he's like, I'm I started to lean on her after Uh this happened to see like, you know, what to expect and just like have someone else that had been there in that same position as opposed to someone who's just wishing you well. Interesting. Which I could kind of get. And then he was saying... Yeah, but you just, you're just you just friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it 
might lead to some more or whatever. Yeah, and then you touch each other where you pee one night and then yeah. you get some sort of kind of feelings. Yeah, exactly. And then he was saying he was 70, 70 years old or 70-something years old and he's like, you know, I don't know how much time I have left and I'm not going to spend it waiting for when other people think it's politically correct for me to start dating. All right, I feel like that's something I would say. Same. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I mean... Maybe, but also fucking sketch, right? Still on to you. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you could do it. I'm just going to judge you. Yeah. I think everybody would. Yeah. I think it's weirder that it's her sister. It's super weird. Yeah. Like super if it was a weird. random, maybe, but. Mm. <laughs> Mary would have wanted it this way. Yeah. Like you're moving on. But if it's like you're moving on to a sister, it's like, whoa, bro. You know, Ooh. Mary's up in heaven like, yo, man, I knew you were looking at her weird at Christmas. Right. The exactly. Fuck? <laughs> so then suddenly, four months after Mary died, a letter shows up at the coroner's office. It was addressed to the coroner with the words regarding Mary Yoder on Uh-oh. the front. Uh-oh. And inside there was a two-page typed letter. Ooh, shit's getting juicy. Yeah. It was basically saying that if Mary's cause of death was colchicine poisoning, then it was definitely her son, Adam Yoder. What? So Mary's- Not the son. Yeah. Not the son. Yeah. Do you know what she does for you? <laughs> Do you know what she did for you? Right. <laughs> so Mary's cause of death hadn't been released to the public at this point. So this was like pretty fucking serious news from this letter, right? Oh, we got an insider. Yeah. And the letter didn't say who it was from, but it did say that Adam had admitted to them that he had poisoned his mom with colchicine that he had bought online. Oh. And this mysterious person even knew where he was keeping the rest of the poison. <gasps> oh. It was under the passenger seat of his Jeep in a small glass bottle. Now I'm starting to think he got he got planted, you know? Ooh. Ooh, like it's a setup. Ooh. Little frame job? Yeah. Mm. But we don't know. Let's let's check out some fingerprints. Let's dust. Yeah. Let's, let's dust around. Dust for prints, huh? In this glass jar. <laughs> so according to the letter writer, Adam was expecting a large payout from his mom's death. Ooh. But when it didn't come, he got agitated and didn't know what to do. And that's why he had kind of told this letter person to be like, I'm so fucking pissed. Oh, I did this thing and it didn't work out. Yeah. How about you get a fucking job, man? Right? Don't kill your mom. Also, he had a job and then he was going to school. His job was office manager at the chiropractic's office. And what the then, fuck? And then he went on to school, which I'm sure his fucking parents were paying for. Yeah. So. The hell? Yeah. So the coroner obviously gave this letter to the police. Yeah. Right? Found this. You don't want to look at this. <laughs> yeah. And as it turns out, the police got the very same letter. Ooh. Yeah. It's like a treasure hunt. Basically. <laughs> so the police bring in Adam and they ask to search his Jeep. Uh-huh. But at this point, he heard about the letter. Like, he had heard <gasps> that someone is, well, from the police. They're like, yo, we got this letter. Oh, okay. Fucking come in here. <laughs> and so he knew that he was being questioned yeah like why he was being questioned for it why they wanted to search his jeep and so he got a lawyer and was like i don't fucking know and the lawyer was like are you hiding anything and he was like no and the lawyer was like then let him search it Mm -hmm. and so he's like okay well they go right to where the letter said the poison would be and lo and behold there it is (gasps) along with a receipt for the colchicine Oh, he just kept it all together, his little murder kit. Because, of course, you're going to keep your fucking receipt for your murder weapon, right? Okay, this is a setup. Well. (laughs) You're like, don't ruin my fucking story. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. So it was purchased on January 5th, 2015 from artchemicals.com. 
And the name on the receipt was Adam Yoder. Uh And the email that was used was Mr. Adam Yoder 1990 at (laughs) gmail.com. So like, okay, you would never leave all your information on your receipt to purchase your murder weapon. Yeah. And then the receipt next to the murder weapon, like just going to put, keep these together in case I need to fucking return them. And Mr. Adam Yoder. Yeah. Yeah. 1987 or whatever. 1990. Yeah. Let's just put all of my information on here, right? Male, blonde (laughs) hair, blue eyes. (laughs) Here's my fingerprint in case you can't find me. No way. So Adam, of course, was like, what the fuck, man? I've never heard of this website. That's not my email. I've never seen this poison before. What the fuck is going on? Listen, let's just say that this scenario happened to you. Yeah. And you get a call Mm -hmm. and the popo are like, we think you did some shit. We think it's in your car. We want to search your car. Mm -hmm. And you're like, hold the phone. I'm going to call my lawyer. Mm -hmm. You talk to your lawyer. I mean, was he in custody the whole time? Because I feel like I'd be like, I'm just going to search my car real quick before I let you search my car. Because even if I didn't do it, if I know you're looking for something. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't let him at that point, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I was just thinking if you got a lawyer, like, you were released, you know? Well, it was a public defender. And so I'm sure you're allowed to call them from the interrogation yeah. room to be like, hey, what should I do? That's true. That's true. But I was sure that they could keep him there, like questioning him until they yeah. got a warrant to search his Jeep. Yeah. If he, if he would have said no. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not going to be like, oh, OK, bye. And then he leaves and like goes to get rid of the murder weapon that you think could be in the fucking parking lot. Well, I d- wouldn't think I... Okay, so I'm not thinking like, oh, I need to get rid of the murder weapon. I'd be thinking like, yo, they think something's in my car and I know it's not. I didn't put it there. I'm just going to check <laughs> because well, yeah. who the fuck said that? That was a very specific thing to say, you know? Yeah, yeah. So somebody's planting it. Like, I don't know. I guess then you would get rid of it. I don't know what but I then, would do. But then, yeah, if, if you actually did have it because you did something bad, then you're just going to get rid of it. You're not going to be like, let me go look. Uh, no, there's nothing. I promise. My dumbass, I'd probably find it and be like, holy fucking shit. Cops, come here. Look, I did not do this. I did not do this. Yeah, your dumbass would probably touch it too, though. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wipe it down. Oh, then I'd get in worse trouble. Yeah. You're right. He did the right thing. Yeah. And so he was like, don't know anything about that shit, right? Yeah. Never seen that before in my life. Yeah. And he had a similar email address, but he said that the one that was used was definitely not his. Mm-hmm. And so police got his DNA in case they found anything to compare it to. And okay. he was super cooperative. Okay. So December 21st, which is five months after Mary died, Mary's office manager, Katie, went to the police station to give an interview. Mm-hmm. And police wanted Katie to give them a better idea of the daily movements of Mary and see if anything unusual may have happened that day. Okay. Side note, she had actually given another interview to police earlier on, but I guess they were now trying to get more information about the day in question. So Okay, so they're just digging a little deeper. Yeah, this isn't the first time that she had talked to them. Yeah. So Katie actually started as Adam's girlfriend slash friend. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Before working for Mary. They had met at her high school graduation party in 2011 and dated for a while, but broke up in 2014. All right. I guess it was kind of an on and off kind of toxic relationship yeah fun but it ended like amicably i guess caitlin was still loved by the whole family and caitlin always kind of had a thing for adam like she always wanted him back right yeah and 
like I said, she was still loved by the family. She was still kind of like a part of the family and she worked for them. Yeah. And so the news of Mary's passing really hit her hard. Obviously, yeah. She posted her own kind of obituary on Facebook the next day. Ready for a dramatic reading? Oh, always am. (laughs) It says, if love could have saved you, you would have lived forever. Dr. Mary, which is what she called her. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mary, I still can't believe you're gone. Yesterday was so sudden. You truly were a positive light in the world, and I'm so lucky and thankful our lives crossed paths. Aww. There wasn't a day I didn't look forward to work with you. You taught me so much and had such a profound impact on my life. Everyone appreciated your attention, stories, and laughter. We will remember you for your light, energy, and strength, and the best way I can think to honor your life is to emulate your genuine, cheerful, and kind spirit. You will be sorely missed and lovingly remembered. God has gained the best angel. We love you. Oh my God, that's like the sweetest thing ever. So fucking heartbreaking. Oh. Yeah. She sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sucks. So it sounds like she was kind of like, you know, the second mom type of like. Yeah. She really had a good relationship with this lady. So Katie had been working the day that Mary got sick. Like I said, she was the office manager. So she's kind of the reception, like front desk lady. Yeah. And this is how we know that Mary had gone to her mother's house that day to have lunch and all that, right? And didn't eat lunch and came back to the office to eat, yeah. Exactly. So the police started asking about Bill's demeanor at the office after Mary died, because Bill worked there as well. Yeah. He was not there on the day that Mary started feeling sick or anything. He did not work on Mondays. That was a normal thing, and this happened on a Monday. Okay. So... Katie said that Bill wasn't particularly interested in the case and he would tell anyone who asked to just cooperate with the police. Like, didn't really want to talk about it, but also, like, they'll figure it out, trust the police, give them what they need. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of normal, though, right? Like, I wouldn't want to talk about it. I agree. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that he's probably exhausted talking about it with his kids. Oh, God, yeah. Having to repeat the story 800 times and you're like, fuck, man, she got, she died. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. It's awful. And I don't want to tell every patient or whatever about it, right? Yeah. So then police asked about Katie's relationship with Adam, and apparently her whole attitude changed. Oh, really? Really. Okay. She got really emotional, and she started crying at one point, saying that she hadn't seen him for about three months Mm -hmm. when he asked her to go with him to the chiropractic office so that he could check out the supplements that Mary had there because Mm -hmm. Katie had a key. Adam didn't, and he was like, yo. Let me in. Let me in there. I want to see, like, what she could have possibly taken. Yeah. That might have this culture scene in it, right? Okay. He's basically doing his own little detective work. Yeah. But Katie said that he started acting really weird, and he was frantically going through everything and was even looking through, like, the appointment books, and they ended up arguing, and he left. Okay. He's looking kind of suspicious. That's weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Katie also said that earlier in the year, Adam had had a package delivered to the office under his own name, but she didn't Mm. open it and she didn't know what it was. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Another odd thing that Katie noticed was in the back office, there was a pill bottle called Colacol, but it was knocked over, opened, and a little bit had spilled out. That seems like a dangerous thing to have in a medical office. What is it? No, I just mean like having any kind of medication spilled, knocked over, like it should be locked up. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you knew what it was. I was like, oh, fuck, what is it? I did not Google it. (laughs) No idea. But the weird thing about it is that it spilled out some powder, which is weird because that stuff came in pill form. Huh. And so that's, yeah, it's not 
that's not usually what spills out of pills. Yeah, it's a little suspicious. But she apparently didn't think that it was that weird because she scooped it back into the bottle and then put it back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is fucking gross. gross. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, this seems very, like, unprofessional. violating some laws. Yes. And then thinking back on that, maybe she was worried that if there had been poison that came from that, that her DNA might be on that bottle. Oh, yeah, right? maybe. And so that's why she's bringing it up. Uh-huh. So they asked her about the email address that was found on the receipt to buy the colchicine, Mr. Adam Yoder, 1990 at gmail.com. Yeah. And... They asked if she had recognized it or ever seen it before. And she was like, no, the only email I have for him is like his initials or something. Yeah. And so police were like, well, that's fucking strange because we were actually able to trace the IP address used for that email. And one of the addresses that it gives is your parents' house. Oh, bitch got even. Whoa. That's so sad. She wrote that nice thing about her. Well, listen, nothing is set in stone yet. I jumped to conclusions <laughs> quickly. You should know this. I do know this. <laughs> and so she was like, well, it must have been Adam logging in when he was there. Mm-hmm. Because he had been there before. Okay. And so the police start to get a little bit suspicious that she might know more than she's letting on. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> since she's over here kind of... Like, placing blame on Adam, saying that he was acting suspicious and, oh, he must have logged in at my parents' house yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. that is kind of leaning towards the letter, which was doing the same thing as pointing fingers at Adam. Oh, you're pushing pretty hard, lady. Yeah. And so the police were like, hey, did you write a letter? <laughs> and she started to freak out. Oh, because she wrote a letter. Yeah. And she was like, I'm so scared. You can't protect me. And she admitted that she had written the letters and that she was terrified of Adam. Really? Yep. Okay. So the police were like, all right, cool. Thanks for being honest. <laughs> now Thanks we know for that. Yeah. Now we know that you know more about this. We have some questions. Yeah. Why don't you have a seat over here? Like, why do you think he would have kept the culture scene? Like, a dude doesn't generally keep the murder weapon, you know? Mm-hmm. That's dumb, especially, like, next to the fucking receipt. Yeah. First of all, who keeps the receipt to your murder weapon? Yeah. You put that shit on pen and paper? No. Yeah. 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 Paying cash in a back alley from a dude with a trench coat? Exactly. Yeah. 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 We don't need to know names in this transaction. And she was like, well, maybe he wanted to keep it in case he needed to kill someone else. Oh. And the we police a serial murderer. Yeah, of colchicine. <laughs> And the police were like, no, there's not enough left in the bottle to kill anyone else. Oh, my God. So it was a lot, huh? I guess. And then the lead investigator got the full report from their tech people on the email address. And it turns out that it had pinged off of Katie's parents' IP address, Mm -hmm. which she had already attempted to explain away. Yeah. But it also hit on her cell phone. Oh. Like she logged in on her cell phone? Yep. That was dumb. <laughs> so the police were like, hey, remember how you said you had never seen this email address? Yeah, because it's on your phone. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it logged in from your phone. And she was like, well, I mean, I might have seen it once. Oh, God. She was there like, it is. but I only saw it because it was logged in on my phone and I logged out of it and like deleted it off my phone because. But you would have mentioned that if that were really the truth. Well, that's kind of what the cop was getting at. He's like, well, why are you trying to distance yourself from this email address? And she's like, I'm not. She's like, it's not mine. I didn't want, I don't want to admit to anything that's not mine. And he's like, well, 
But like my wife's email address, I've seen it before. I recognize it. Have I ever been on it? Yes, because I want to see who she's emailing. Like, why are you trying to distance yourself from your boyfriend's or your ex-boyfriend's email address? Yeah. Because at this point, she doesn't know that the culture scene was was purchased with this email address. Yeah, she's just... He, they're just going hard on the email address. Yeah, they're like, like, have you ever heard of this email? That's yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. And she's like, nope, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, so a little fucking sus. Yeah, because she fucking did it. Well, let's continue. <laughs> so she was saying that she was afraid to admit that she had seen the at- email address and everything because Adam was really smart. And mm-hmm. that day that he had been going through all the supplements or whatever at the chiropractic office with her was when he admitted what he had done. And he said that if anything ever came out about it, that he would make sure that Katie took the fall for all of it. Okay. He said that he had designed this whole thing so that everything would link back to her. And that's why it's showing up logged in from her cell phone and her parents' house. Sure. He designed this whole thing. Yeah, like a fucking backfall or whatever, right? Yeah, it's like some fucking pinky in the brain shit. Exactly. Okay. Apparently Adam is super, super smart. Yeah. So police were like, cool story. (laughs) Yeah, totally believe it. Thanks for telling me. Yep. But he was out of town on those days, so he couldn't have been the one to log in. Ooh, terrible time to plant your seeds. Yeah. Your lion seeds. And she was like, damn, he's so smart. He must have done it remotely. Shut up. And they were like, that's not how this works, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Katie's DNA was found on the bottle of colchicine that was (gasps) found in Adam's Jeep. Boom. Shaka laka. Boom. Shaka laka. And Adam's was not. Yeah. Because he didn't fucking do it. Maybe he's a fucking mastermind. How does she not bleach the fuck out of that bottle to destroy any any evidence? Right? So dumb. Or, or, just not write the fucking letter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no one was suspecting anyone. No one was suspecting anyone, and you killed your boyfriend's mom. Is that not enough revenge you need him to go down for it? Yeah, that's a little crazy. Psychopath. But that's foreshadowing. We don't know what happened yet. Okay, yeah. Clearly. So. Still in the dark. There were searches on Katie's cell phone for various poisons, including (laughs) Colchicine. So now we pretty much know what happened. Yeah, so she did it. Also, also, also. Uh Uh-huh. The Colchicine had been paid for using prepaid credit cards. That were purchased by? Two of them, Uh because the first one didn't go through. (laughs) And they were purchased by Katie. Oh, God. But Katie said that Adam stole them, obviously. Duh. Yeah. And so the police realized that the only person who had access to this email account that had purchased the colchicine was Katie. Uh And she had written the letter blaming Adam. So they arrest her for the murder of Mary. Wow. But they still don't have a motive. Yeah. So she declined the plea bargains and she opted to go to trial. I'm just going to clear this up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She was facing 25 years to life in prison for second degree murder. (laughs) Oh, shit. Adam was called as one of the witnesses, and he revealed that he had actually gotten seriously sick (gasps) in April of 2015. Oh, no. And he doesn't have gout either, does he? He does not have gout either. Oh, no. With what he thought was a GI bug, it was all the same symptoms as Mary. Oh, my God. he had gone to the emergency room and was in the hospital for two weeks before he got better. And And that was just a few months before Mary died. And they didn't know what it was? No, well, he just assumed it was a GI bug. My God, talk about dodging a fucking bullet. Yeah. 
He also said that after his mom passed away that he reached out to Katie for comfort and support because he was desperate and she was there for him the whole time. Oh, no. And they had even slept together during that time. What a hussy. Yeah. Oh, so she was like being the comforting. Mm -hmm. (gasps) It's okay, baby. I got you. Is that the motive? That's fucking sick. Mm. Well, he said that when he had gone with Katie to the office to gather up stuff to test for the colchicine, Uh that she was very defensive about everything, saying things like, don't take that. Or your mom wouldn't have come over here when he was like poking around her desk or, uh, I don't know, around anything. And so she was being super unhelpful. And that's actually what led to the argument and why he left. Because he's like, I can't fucking tell you what's going on right now. I just need you to help me. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking gather some shit up. Be cool. Yeah. Don't be all like uncool. Like you're really being right now. (laughs) So basically the prosecution said that Katie had allegedly attempted to poison Adam in April and when that didn't work she decided to hurt him and get revenge on him for breaking up with her by killing his mom and framing him for it. What a fucking psycho. That is a fucking psychopath. Was that was the like oh now he wants me back just like a side bonus? I think so, because her whole motive here was to frame him for it so that he'd go to prison. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Like, she's not expecting to get him back if he's in prison. That's so rude. So rude. Kill your mom. Jesus. Jeez. And that's your boss. Tone it down. Right? It's her boss. And also, the the practice shut down after this because Bill was like, fuck that. I'm never going back there. Like, I don't want to work. He wanted to retire anyway. And he's like, I don't want to go to this place that my wife fucking died at. So the practice ended up fucking shutting down and now Katie's out of a job. Oh my God. I'm actually feeling really bad now that I was like yelling at him for moving on. Listen. Four months though. And her sister. Yeah. But also she had been through the same thing as him. Yeah. I mean, not murder, but damn yeah also also he mm-hmm. had mary's body cremated relatively quickly after they found out about the colchicine and stuff so there was a lot of kind of suspicious things hmm. mm-hmm. but i mean also you don't want to keep your like loved one in a freezer forever and if her wishes were to be cremated you got your reports so let's cremate her i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it yeah i'm just saying that he did it yeah. Which other people, like Mary's sisters, some of them were a little bit suspicious by that. Yeah, yeah, suspicious about it. I think whenever you have like a, a foul play incident, like people are going to be suspicious of everybody. Any move you make. Like, wow, you kept her in the freezer for a little too long. Exactly. Like, why are you holding on to that? Yeah. What are you go. doing to her body, you weirdo? Why do you want me to let her go? Yeah. What do you got to hide? Yeah, Aaron? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when anything, a death in the family comes, people get fucking weird about everything. Yeah, it's true. Like, uh, one time I gave her this ring fucking 400 years ago, and for sure she would have wanted me to have it back. Do you know where it's at? Because I need it now. <laughs> yeah. And you guys stop talking because you can't find the ring. <laughs> Jesus exactly. Christ. You mean this bubblegum machine one? I haven't fucking, you can have all the rings. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So the defense was saying that the only person with the motive for Mary's murder was Bill and that he actually started dating Mary's sister before her death. Okay, that's an interesting twist. I guess one of the other sisters claimed to have seen Bill and Kathy, the other sister, the the yeah, the one he's relationship dating. sister, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had, she had seen them passionately kissing one time. Whoa. Or like a neighbor had seen them or something. Oh. So, and that's before Mary died. Interesting. So maybe Bill's not 
completely innocent here either. Okay. So there was enough doubt among the family and the jury that they were deadlocked and a mistrial was declared. Oh, shit. Katie went back on trial five months later with a new attorney, and this time, instead of pinning the blame on Bill, they attempted to pin the blame on Adam, saying that he was violent and vindictive person. Oh, my God. Who thought that he would get insurance money. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, the same thing the letter was saying, right? Yeah, yeah. This time, she was found guilty of manslaughter in the first degree and was sentenced to 23 years in prison. Wow. Fun fact... The family was pretty torn between who they thought was actually responsible. Yeah, now I'm a little torn here. And also, I just want to say 23 years doesn't seem like that much. No, it's not. But now I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. So three of Mary's sisters actually believe that Katie was innocent and that Bill had something to do with Mary's death. Yeah, and that, that's kind of suspicious. Yeah, Bill was possibly framing Adam or making it kind of look like that. That'd be fucked up to frame your own child. I guess you just killed your own wife. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Your own child, that's something else. I yeah. am a mother, though. <laughs> Not to say I would. I mean, that's what I'm looking from a different perspective. Yeah. People were also saying that or speculating that Adam was making it look like, like maybe Adam was responsible and he was trying to make oh. it look like Katie was responsible and framing him. Good God. Can you imagine the level of effort? Right? Also, you wouldn't do that, though. You'd be like, Mrs. Katie, whatever. Yeah. No, you wouldn't try to, like, frame yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is what it would look like, like if she was framing me. Yeah. Another fun fact, the password on the email account used to buy the poison was Adam is gay. <laughs> <laughs> so that right there kind of tells me it was Katie. Oh, my God. That's really funny. Yeah. That was really the password? Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. Did she think, like, no one can find that out? I don't know. Like, like who's going to be able to find that out? Fucking FBI? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, evidently. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's really funny. So all this effort going into, like, Mr. Adam Yoder, 1990, this email address and all this stuff, and then you're going to make the password Adam is gay. Not but, like, I love Katie or something. what if he did it to set her up? Ooh, could have been. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> But she's in jail for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did it. Yeah. That's pretty weird. There was something I read that was like, is fucking Katie Connolly still in prison for this? Here's the thing. Yeah. She's a pretty young girl. Like, she was 23, I think, when this happened. Uh-huh. And she's pretty. Yeah. Which makes me think that, like, the fucking justice system is going to go easy on her. Yeah, they went light on her sentencing. Yeah, because they got 23 years, which is two years under the maximum for manslaughter, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's fucking articles that are like, is Katie out yet? Like, it, did she oh. get fucking appealed or whatever? Like, they want her out? Or they're just curious if just she got like, out? Just, like, I think people expected her out. Yeah. Expected her appeal to go through. Fucking good behavior. Yeah. But it didn't yet, so okay, she's still in prison. Weird. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Watch out for those crazy people. Yeah. Fuck it. Don't stick your dick in crazy. Don't stick your dick in crazy. I don't know how many times we have to tell you this. <laughs> or dip your badge in crazy. Yeah. Just keep all the crazy out. Yeah. <laughs> just, just try not to, I don't know, man, that's so fucking crazy. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, I'd be so mad. Seriously. Like, kill me. <laughs> Don't kill my fucking mom. Yeah, seriously. What a piece of shit, which I guess she tried to, maybe, allegedly. That's true, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was for sure her. 
I think so. Yeah, because he was in the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Unless he was like, I wonder what colchicine poisoning tastes like. And then he's like, whoa, that was almost enough. Oh, my God. No way. (laughs) That's not what happened. No. Or is it? Probably not. Oh, also. um, Tell me. Did not mention. So in order to get the colchicine from artchemicals.com, she had to, or someone, Uh had to give like a tax form and like a, I think it was like a T9 or something like that to the company to be like, yo, we're allowed to have this chemical. Oh, okay. And so there was a forged letterhead from Cairo Family Care, mm-hmm. not Chiropractic Family Care. Okay. But it had been like altered. Yeah, the logo had been altered to say Cairo Family Care, but it was the same address and phone number and everything as Chiropractic Family Care. Mm. So Katie had access to all of that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, because she was the office manager. Yeah. Printing and on them letterheads. Then the the medicine was signed off for like, hey, we need this. Like you had to have a letter of intent to be like, yo, we're not going to use this to kill anybody. We're only going to use it for like research or something. Yeah, I'm not trying to poison someone. Yeah, and that had to be signed by a doctor, which was signed by Mary. <gasps> oh, she signed her own poison. But Bill was saying that that signature wasn't, it it was very similar to Mary's, but Mary always signed on the line, and this one was, like, floating way above the line. And huh. so he's like, she wouldn't have done that. Okay. Also, go Bill for knowing his wife's signature that well. They've been together for 37 years. I don't know shit about Lee's signature. I mean, I know about it, but I couldn't tell you if you would sign on the line. I guess maybe they had a conversation about it. Maybe. She was like, I always sign on the line. And he was like, wow, it's so straight. It's so straight. And she's I like, know. I use the line as a guide. I could for sure pick Brandon's signature out. Like, I could pick out Lee's, but I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like if it was higher or lower or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. No, like if it weird. looked exactly the same, but it was positioned funny. Like, yeah. well, the L's usually a little more tilted. I don't know if I could do that. Also, what doctor is going to be so like fucking precise with their handwriting slash precise? Right? signature like you usually can't read that shit yeah exactly maybe that's why they talked about it it was like a joke and she was like i always at least try to get it on the line yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe well god damn yeah god damn whoa Mm -hmm. stay away from them crazies Mm -hmm. all right lead us out i think that's it if you guys want to check out pictures pertaining to our case go to our website isgdpodcast.com and also we have our links to our merch and patreon patreon for as little as a dollar a month you can get all of our fucking back episodes including our newest ones and there's like almost a year's worth of episodes i think i think this month is going to be our 12th episode so that's a year's worth god damn i think don't quote me on that I think you're right. Yeah. So come join us. It's a lot of fun. Join us. Yes. Also, you can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Come suggest some cases or say, what's up, baby? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at isgdpodcast. Come join our Facebook group, the Goddamn Pod Group. Whoop. Oh my God, can I just let you guys know that I have a fucking complex right now and I feel like bugs are crawling all over me because everybody's talking about their goddamn spider stories and shit. Yeah, that was fucking horrifying. And then Emmy talked about a cricket crawling no. in her ear no. while she was sleeping. No. No. No, I'm not okay not, with that. Not okay. No. I read I, that today and I was like, I've got it. That's enough. I'm That's done enough here. for today. I'm done with this group. <laughs> yeah. How do I unsubscribe? <laughs> Okay, Fuck, but join us and talk about something other than bugs so I don't itch all day long. Yeah, that'd be really nice. And snail mail us. 
at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Because we love hearing from you guys in any form, shape, or manner. Ooh, which reminds me. Subscribe, rate, and review. Do those things. Pretty please. Tell your friends that you like us and we're fun. What? I said tell your friends, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell everybody. Yeah. Also, fun fact, we made like number fucking 57 in Australia. What? Oh, we did. That was pretty exciting. That was. So if you guys keep rating and reviewing, we'll get even better. Yeah. Well, we probably won't get better. I probably should have. The ratings will get higher. Yeah, that's what you mean. (laughs) I probably should have screenshotted that. Shoot. Screenshotted. Screenshot that. Should have taken a picture of that to be excited about later. You did. You sent it to me. Yeah, I probably deleted it though. Oh, it might be in our conversation. Yeah. You're like, you did. <laughs> like I said it like five times now. How do you think I saw it? <laughs> True at Holmes. All right, lady. Okay, toodles. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Blood and Firewater Podcast. Hey guys, my name is Rashad Jones and I am the host of Blood and Firewater Podcast. A podcast where we shoot tequila and chase it with a case of murder. Some cases may have been covered in other podcasts before and that's okay. Allow us to just guide you back down that rabbit hole as we re-examine the people, the places, and the things about your favorite cases. You can reach out to us on Instagram at Blood and Firewater Podcast and Twitter at BFW Pod Squad. If you got a case you want to suggest, shoot an email to bloodandfirewater at gmail.com. Blood and Fire Water Podcast does contain explicit language and graphic content not suitable for all ages, so listeners' discretion is advised. Stay alert and stay alive.